Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has a proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawn Mower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes this perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trim, cut free, and smell nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty balls and stinky balls, I am thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. They're mainly scent attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. 
The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, gentlemen. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the gift of all. Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Welcome to Ramp Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, Tommy Avant, with a different type of episode today. We're able to track down former Rams quarterback Jim Everett and just fire away questions at him, and uh, even leave a couple surprise outtakes in there because I gotta be honest, they're freaking hilarious. Tommy, how you doing, man? Spectacular! What a day! It's a beautiful what a day, day in Los Angeles. I'm kidding. It's like, looks like the rest of the country here. Cold and cloudy, and it's going <laughs> to rain tomorrow. I hope that's not a, a you know, predictor for Sunday night, because I kind of think the Rams have a good chance of winning this game. I do, too. Um, I think the weather is going to be pretty chilly for Los Angeles, anyway. The rest of the country will laugh, of course, when you see the forecast, but for the people that grew up here... Um, the high of 65, it's pretty cold, but it'll be comfortable. It'll be comfortable. Yeah, and that's, that's the high for the day. So, you know, I was at the Ravens game and I didn't wear a jacket because, you know, we don't really own a lot of jackets in Los Angeles. They're kind of unnecessary for the most part. Um, so I wore Under Armour and my color rush Todd Gurley tank top jersey and jeans and tennis shoes i dressed relatively warm for la but by the second quarter i had to shotgun a couple of more beers to warm up because it was windy and chilly it was really cold that yeah i couldn't imagine i got to give it up to the you know the people in the rest of the country like you guys that grew up in the cold areas and go to football games when it's you know zero degrees man that's that's intense i was i will say this though i was in minnesota Walking around in shorts and a tank top in 18-degree weather two years ago. It was pretty funny. My wife thought it was nuts. You know, all this talk about, you know, you and I have talked about a couple of times traveling. You mentioned Minnesota. You mentioned whether in L.A. I think we talked about me going out next year. You know, hopefully to see, you know, see a game at SoFi. And I'm really, you know what I would really like to do? And maybe we can make it happen. I would really like next year to plan a 
takeover at an NFL stadium where the Rams are playing next year. I'm dead serious. I'll just try to try to get as many I'm uh, Ram fans to go to a away game. I mean, yeah, it's tough. We did, I think, our group that went to Minnesota was about sixty total people, and we all kind of sat together. So we were it was the poor Vikings fans when they showed up to there because most of them are season ticket holders, and when they came to their seats, and we, you know, all around them was blue and yellow. You could see right off the bat they were like. Oh man! <laughs> but we had a good time, and they—they they were so. The Minnesota fans were so cordial to us, and so amazing. They were giving us free drinks. I walked up Sweet. to the concessions, and the guys had my whole LA get up on, and he was like, "Oh my god, your outfit is sweet, dude." He's like, "You from Los Angeles?" I'm like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "Beers on the house." I'm like what? Uh, it was just—it was different worlds when you grow up in LA and everyone's mean. And then you travel and go somewhere else where people are not, like, right on the border of Canada. It's a whole different world. And I loved it. I, I would love to go back. It was amazing. Well, I mean, here's the opponents for 2020. Washington, Fort Niners, Seahawks, uh, Eagles. The It's going to be the, probably the third place team in the NFC South. So, NFC South right now, who's in third place? It's um, I'm guessing it's probably the Falcons, right? At Philly, is that one of them? At Philly, yeah, we're not going to jail. I'm good. <laughs> Arizona Buffalo. <laughs> no way, dude. There's, no way. Well, a couple of them I think really interest me. Uh, the Reds can stay them so big. We, you know, we could be able to pick our seats pretty well. And the Buffalo game, the Buffalo fans are hilarious. We can See, meet I would like to go to that one. Report. I didn't get to go to the second home game when the Rams moved back to L.A. and played Buffalo because I had the neurovirus. I was done. So I had to stay home in bed and barely watch it on TV. But a lot of my friends that were at the game or texting me they were like bro i'm glad you're not here because you go to jail i'm like why he's all because these bills fans are straight trash they're so disrespectful like they were just he said they were the worst fans ever they were so rude and i was like were they from buffalo or were they from here bandwagon typical la people and he's like we didn't get into it they were all rude and I'm like, man, that's unfortunate. And I hope they're not like that over there because I'm a big pro wrestling guy. And I, I, I heard they like to go through tables over yes, there they do. in the parking lot. Man, I'm all in. Like, just watching <laughs> and being a part of that and partying. Those guys look like a lot of fun, and I want in. So I well, hope that that situation that happened in L.A. in 2016 is not the case if we decide to go to Buffalo because I would love to hang out with them. Well, what I'm, well, what I'm thinking is with – the Buffalo fans that everyone that I've come across have been crazy, but fun. Like every one of them. So I'm not sure what, what happened out there. You just never know, you know, the idiots who travel somewhere. I'm sure we've had numerous road fans who, who behave poorly, but I'm, I'm looking at that going, Hmm, Buffalo or Washington are a good driving distance. And quite frankly, I don't want to go to Philly. All I'm going to do is cuss and scream at me. I don't feel like being nah, used that day. Nah. My sister's lived there for 14 years now. I've been there a lot, and man, they are brutal, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, I want to enjoy the game brutal. somewhat. So I, I think yeah. probably Washington or Buffalo, but we we the ones that best best fit. But also, third place right now is Carolina too. Carolina and Tampa are tied. That's interesting. So, yeah, I've never been to Car- I've never been to Charlotte, and I've never been to Tampa Bay. So that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So I think we should. I'm just saying. I think we should do it. We'll see if the fans. Tampa, hey. Tampa amusement parks. Man, that might be. Man, I don't know. Well, we might have to maybe, do that one. Maybe we can work it out. So, if fans, what we're going to do is, uh, if you are interested in a 
traveling Rams uh, group next year trying to have, take over somewhere just for fun and giggles and have a good time. Let us know when we put this up on Twitter. Just get in the thread. Go in there and let us know, and we really appreciate some feedback. Or hit us up on Facebook. We get some interest, maybe we'll, maybe we'll put it together. And one more thing here before we actually get to Jim Everett. We still have the, the long-running contest for 200 five-star reviews. We really appreciate it. If you go to Apple Music, leave a review, take a screenshot, send us an email to ramstop1945 at gmail.com. With, a screen, with that screenshot, we'll enter you a contest to win a personalized NFL jersey, Rams jersey, we're hoping for anyways, uh, over there for, you know, maybe get for the holidays if we get this thing going. Again, five-star review, screenshot, email, done, Okay. And hopefully, what that means is uh, you like the show. If you if you do enjoy the show but can't quite bring yourself to give us five stars for whatever reason, you want to leave a little feedback, email us, guys. We love to hear your feedback, good or bad. We always don't put together a good show for you. And th- that's really it. So, without further ado, let's bring on Jim Everett. All right, folks, we have Jim Everett. The great Los Angeles Rams quarterback from the late 80s, early 90s. You all know that I pretty much love the guy, my childhood <laughs> man crush. So there's Jim, and Tommy's here as well. And we we wanted we brought Tommy in because Tommy really wanted to be on this call. We know him to do the interviews one on one, but we brought Jim on because Jim knows the game and he knows quarterback play and he went through all the struggles that come with being an NFL quarterback. He went through all the struggles of seeing his team struggle when. There were higher expectations, and and now we're watching some of those back and forth with the Rams. And so, Jim, first, how you doing? Derek, Tommy, gosh darn it, it's so good to be here. Happy holidays, boys. Uh, it's always good, Derek. I, I've been seeing you all over the media. I mean, <laughs> here is, uh, vote for Derek, vote for Derek, and I want to tell all your listeners, continue to vote for Derek. How many more times do we get to vote before you're the champion? Um, I think until Thursday, and they actually have a vote count in there. I think I'm up by 100 votes right now. All right. Keep voting for D.C., folks. Come on. Kind of cool, actually. It was a really unique honor. I didn't expect to get it. And and it's it's an online radio station that's doing it, so they're more or less recognizing the fact that I've been on their show and that, you know, they've seen me working this thing for a few years now. It's kind of cool. I think it's pretty cool. It's very cool. There's nothing like a little bit of recognition. I've always thought you... Derek, you, uh, as much as, you know, you talk about being a fan of mine or a fan of the Rams and, uh, you know, you're, you're growing, you know, and I just like to see people that are, are doing good things, get a little recognition because you, you're doing them. So, uh, Tommy, I think you probably second that, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, Derek, you do a good job and I, I think it's fun for your listeners and, uh, you know, keep rocking brother. I uh, appreciate I really appreciate that coming from you, man. <laughs> you bring a tear to my eye. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> so I'm gonna actually, you know, I'm gonna throw this over to Tommy first because he's hasn't said a word edgewise yet, and I, he's been hankering the bit to really talk to you about this, and both of us have been. the The Rams right now, it, you, they've been so up and down. They came this year with these with these excitations. We all had, I think, we all on the Rams side thought they would be a a contender for the division title, if not win the division title outright. We knew the division would be tough, but then lots of weird things happened. It had a couple injuries and the offensive line, and, and Jared Goff hasn't been himself. And then we go back years to your career, 89, 90, all those different things. And so it's really important, I think, for us to get out to the fans that 
what really happens in a locker room? What changes the dynamic? And this is where I'm going to go to Tommy. Tommy, go for it, man. Shoot your questions out. You really want to hand this off to me first. You sure about I, that? I do. I do because you know what? <laughs> I know you've been you've been chomping on the bit. Jim, he's been, he and I have been talking all day, man. He and he's been chomping the bit. And the moment we were, I told him, hey, I was able to move it back because of my wife's work schedule. He's like, well, what time? I'm like five thirty. He's like, I I can be there. I'm like, okay, well, we'll get you there. <laughs> It's like Tommy's running around like the emperor with no clothes on, man. I'm telling you, he'll, he'll, he'll shoot just straight out and see everything. So go at it. Be naked. Yeah. Let's go. Well, I work from home most of the time. Um, I'm on home office. I'm a construction manager. But I do Tuesdays are my worst days because I have conference calls at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And he told me that you were coming on at 1. I was like, man, that's the only time of the week I can't do it. But luckily, we got to push back, and here we are. Um, you got Jim, I did not play in the NFL, but I did play football overall for 11 total years of my life. And the 11 years I spent around my teammates at any level, I I seen a lot of a human behavioral issues as far as, you know, depending on how the team was doing um, in all three phases of the game. You know, I played quarterback for five years and safety for six. And so I got to see the best of both worlds. Um when I played defense, there was a lot of times where we would go, we would stop the other offense, go three and out, run over to the bench, you know, and grab some water, catch our breath, game plan, just rest up for a second. And sure enough, you know, less than two minutes later, I'd get tapped on the shoulder, get back out there, get back out there. They threw a pick or they fumbled or they went three and out. And it happened multiple times, right? Like, to where you're getting so upset that you walk off the sideline, slam your helmet on the ground and said, yeah, I had enough. I can't breathe, man. I need a break. You guys need to do your job. At least give me four minutes to catch my breath, you know, and we would fight and it would get ugly sometimes, you know, and, and what I'm seeing the last couple of weeks before the Arizona game is the defense carrying the team against the Bears against the Steelers, the Rams offense scored three points and the defense scored nine of their 12. That's got to be demoralizing, right? When you're out there all the time, putting it on the line, putting it on the line and the offense isn't pulling their weight. And for me personally, and I have been hammered on social media this week about it and I don't care. I'm willing to go the extra mile and say things or talk about things. A lot of people may not know or may not be willing to discuss, right? Because that's when you get into the politics side of, of what you're doing. But what I saw against the Ravens after the Rams got down 21 to three and the offense just couldn't get anything going. I just saw the defense say, yeah, I'm done. The, the, the body language, the behavior, everything I saw in that game, the defense hung the offense out to dry and said, I'm done with you for today, just for today. But I'm done with you. You need to get yeah, together. I, Tommy, I'd look at that Ravens game as a little bit more of an outlier. I really do. I, I don't think I would base the entire season or the base the entire um, Rams psyche on the Ravens game. Now, there's 16 games this season. that we, we just watched last night. You had Seattle, Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota is going to base their entire season on that one game. They're still an 8-4 and four team up in Minnesota, and they're, they're, they're doing some, some good things. But, uh, you know, and I know they're going to be battling and bring up Minnesota, the fact that, you know, we have to knock them out to, you know, get the playoffs. And, and so, I don't know. I think I think a 16-game 16 16 season, a long season, um, let's just let's rev 
go back a little bit. But sometimes the defenses do play well and do have to carry teams. And I'm going to look at the Patriots right now. Tom Brady is not having the season that most, you know, like a Tom Brady season. They blame him being 42 or this, or not having Gronkowski or not having a wide receiver. But their offense really isn't. But they're, they're still a team that has, you know, multiple wins. They're the team to beat. And their defense is carrying them. And that's what they're doing. And that's just their, their job. So um, you look at the Ravens back Super Bowl years, back when the, they were going, they had a quarterback named Trent Dilfer. They weren't, they weren't lighting up the scoreboard. It was their defense that were winning championships for them. So every team has a different characteristic. I just look at that Ravens, the last Ravens game, as you know a game that I think they would game plan a little different. I think our defense will have to play a lot better. And I think, of course, our offense will, too. I mean, demoralizing goes both ways. I just don't think the team was up at that particular moment playing their best football. Um, you look at the Arizona game, and I know it's not the same type of defense, but the Rams were clicking. And I think that's the type of team that we're going to need to see over the next four weeks uh, for them to to be, you know, a, a playoff-caliber team. And let's look at it. The Rams are going to be playing the Cowboys. They're going to have to. They're going to have to play San Francisco, Seattle, and it really basically have to win out. And the fact is, if you can't beat San Francisco, if you can't beat Seattle, if you can't beat Dallas, you can't beat Arizona again. You really don't belong in the playoffs. Agreed. So that's yeah, and so that's what it's going to come down to, and we're going to figure out who they are, who who the Rams are. I mean, what is their personality? Yeah, they've had you know. Let's go all the way back to preseason, Tommy. We had an experiment with offensive linemen. We had a replacement center, replacement left guard, and we didn't practice them in the preseason. And I, I wasn't on board with that. The fact is that we got two young guys. You don't know what you got, right? I'd like to see them exposed in the preseason, though, if we needed to make a trade then or do something then to, to share that offensive line. But we had our first eight games, which were basically experimental, and it didn't work out so well. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, exactly. <laughs> Throw something out real quick. Yeah, uh, Derek, you know, we talk about every season. We can go back to my career or this, but every season's like a chemistry set, you know, and you got to put all these different pieces together. A third of your team changes. You've got different free agents coming in. you got Weddle. you got Clay Matthews. You, you don't know how the dynamics are going to be. Matter of fact, who knew the dynamics that San Francisco would have to be a 10-2 and two team? I mean, I mean, all these different dynamics come in. A Buffalo surprise, San Francisco surprise. Seattle got a whole lot better, and I think Seattle's playing some of the best football that they've played all year right now. And it's the fact that we get to face them, uh, it's going to be one heck of a challenge. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for this Sunday, man. We, it's it's going to be one of those games, and it's showcased on Sunday Night Football, that you want to be at right because the energy is going to be insane because everything's on the line right now it's playoff time mm-hmm. for the rams this is a playoff game and so is dallas mm-hmm. and so is the niners and so is Carlos. you know that we all know that mm-hmm. to get there you got to win out and and you also need minnesota to lose another game you know because if mm-hmm. they win out we we're out at we're out of the playoffs you know, mm-hmm. with a winning record, by the way, that's how deep the NFC is. We're in the AFC. We're cru- we're on cruise control right now at seven and five. Well, you've got also San Francisco. Things could happen there. Seattle. Things could happen there. Um, you know, there's all there's. You know, when you're talking about four games left, you're talking about a whole, basically, quarter of the season. 
So we're just finishing the third quarter. We need to go in the fourth quarter, and we need to have one heck of a fourth quarter. And all those teams are saying that. You know, Dallas needs to have a good fourth quarter to be the, the be the one. They're six and six. They need they need to you know win, win a bunch more games and be like ten and six so they don't lose that division and slide out of the whole playoff picture themselves. So there's a lot of football to be played. So there's no panic button, but the button is you better be playing your best football in December or you don't deserve to play in January. What do you think about the subject of best six teams, best records in each conference go to the playoffs? I know because we've seen it time in and time out where 11 and five or 10 and six teams miss the playoffs to an eight and eight or even seven and nine teams. And I know divisions matter and and the NFL has been made up the way it has forever in a day. But man, that's hard to swallow sometimes when you say you finish eleven and five, and an eight and eight team like Dallas makes the playoffs and gets bounced in the first round. I don't know. It just seems kind of demoralizing sometimes for teams when you're stuck in those situations. What do you think about that? No, I mean I think that's all, you know, hindsight, this and that. You know what your division is. You know, you know who you're playing. You know the games you need to win. And the, and the fact is, if you're letting some slip during the year, then you know. You got consequences. The fact is, you may be in a, a conference, and I'm not saying the NFC East is this, but um, you know it's a tighter, tighter race over there. The fact is, the champion should be allowed to represent, and that's just the way it is. I mean, it's almost like going to a political thing, saying, "Hey, it should be popular vote rather than the you know electoral college." You know, this is the system we have set up. Play with yeah. the system, you know, and, and and don't complain. You know what it is. You know what it is going in. And, you know, there's, there's times when, yeah, did we miss a field goal here to lose a game? Or did we do this? and do, Or did the ball bounce wrong this time? I remember during our year, there was, there was one year we won seven of our nine games on comebacks. The next year we won, you know, we had nine games we needed to come back in. We only won two of them. There was a difference between 11 and 5 and 5 and 11. The, the NFL is that tight. You mentioned two things that I wanted to come back to. Um, the first one being the Baltimore game. And, and I, what was frustrating for me watching that game is the team knew the stakes. They're playing one of the best, if not the best team in the league. It's on Monday night football. You're in your color rush uniforms. You're battling for a playoff spot. It's an opportunity to show who you are, and everything goes wrong. Everything. You're crowded, but you're, but you're crowded. Even you're crowded. They're stoked. They're stoked. Mm-hmm. How do you not come into that game, though, zeroed in? How do you come out there like that and lay an egg? And it's an honest question for me, from me because I didn't play the game. I've watched the game. I've coached the game. But I didn't play the game. It, so it's kind of a, just for fans and for people like me, what happens in those situations? Well, I don't, I don't think there's one thing, Derek. Or, or if there was, I think every coach would, would do whatever it is to prevent that. I mean, it's a combination but league-wise, league, league-wide, I think we're looking at a, an evolution of, of what Baltimore's doing with Lamar Jackson, and it has not been figured out yet. You take Sean McVay maybe two years ago. The league really couldn't, didn't understand the things he was doing with his jet sweeps, uh, which opened up running lanes for Gurley, which then play-action pass. Well, Belichick figured that out in the, in the Super Bowl, and other teams have figured it out, and so now there's the more evolution. I think that they're still trying to figure out what Lamar doing, what he's not doing, the power run game. 
I think uh, what Romans do, Greg Romans doing with his whole you know tight ends with the, with the motion is is kind of newfangled, and the ability of Lamar to be able to extend plays is you know a little bit more like Russell Wilson. Um, that's just and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, but it's just really making it tough on defenses. I was watching Clay Matthews specifically. And, you know, he started, you know, push, uh, coming down on some of those uh, read options. And then Lamar would just keep it and run right outside of him. And then the rest of the game, you saw Clay staying out wide, which left that gap on the inside to give the ball to Ingram, which would just gash, you know, the five technique. So there needs to be different techniques to be able to battle what they're doing. Um, and that ha- just hasn't been figured out. And I'm not saying just by the Rams. I'm talking about the whole NFL. And... They'll figure it out. Someone's yeah, going to figure it out. I, I, I want to talk about that play specifically because I, I keyed in on that. And I, on defense, when you're an edge rusher, whether you're an outside linebacker in a 3-4 or a DN in a 4-3, in a read option, your job is to get the quarterback, whether he keeps the ball or not. The running back, mm-hmm. that's the interior lineman's job. Mark Ingram's going to mm-hmm. go right up the middle or they're any running back, and that's Aaron Donald. Those are those guys. There's eleven. It's 11 on 11. Don't try to be a hero. Set the edge, mm-hmm. and if Lamar doesn't keep the ball, whack him in the mouth anyway because he's, he just handed it off immediately simultaneously. You can take him out. Hit him. Your hey, job hey, is number hey, eight, Tommy, not the running back. Whack him in the chest. Now, the head will give you 15. So no, and then, no, you whack him, right? With the, I'll take a shoulder right to the middle of his numbers. You know, But that's your job. Your job is to shake him up. Don't worry. If he hands the ball off, let your teammates get him. You, the reason he got outside is because he went directly for the running back. You cannot do that. He did. It, well, what happens is they were pulling that backside uh, tight end or maybe a possible guard on, on different combinations. But, you know, they were trying to kick him out even further, uh, and he was trying to collapse it. But then as the game went on, he just he, he stayed outside and waited for Lamar, which made the, you know, the, the hole large. Now, that's, you know, that's a little different dynamic. I mean, a, lot, a majority of the quarterbacks in the NFL, you're not expecting – you know, to go gain 19 yards around the outside of the right side, outside of the line. But, you know, Lamar, there is. And that's something that's going to be, you know, I think we saw a little bit of that, um, you know, a few years ago with uh, RG3 up in Washington. Then he got hurt. Um, you know, a lot of other guys going, you know, can Lamar continue to do this for a whole career? I don't know, but that's, he, I know what he, the threat he poses now, and it really puts the defense in a pickle. You know, what you're not seeing is you're not seeing a bunch of runs right up the gut. You're seeing off the, you know, at the five or the seven technique. So there's some things that your interior lineman can do to push that out, to close those gaps. Um, but, again, then you open up the, the, the middle, which is, you know, <laughs> a tough thing to do. You know, it, 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 you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, as far as being able to sustain this type of play in his career, I actually think he might be the first quarterback to be able to do so. Um, Uh Well, not the first one of the first. Steve McNair was able to, and I'll tell you why. Because they were both the size of linebackers. You know what I mean? Lamar Jackson's Uh neck is bigger than his head. I mean, you can see it when he takes his helmet off. It's it's terrifying, right? How can someone have a neck that big? (laughs) He most reminds me of is is actually Randall Cunningham. He was one of the first guys before Michael Vick, before that could actually, you know, you had to account for Randall. And uh, he was such a good athlete and uh, such a good human being, by the way. Anyways, but, um, you know, so, so we've seen that before. And, I mean, the Rams ended up playing Randall Cunningham with a two-down lineman, five-linebacker look. 
and that's and those are the types of evolution things that we're going to see on the defense to combat Lamar. You, I don't think you can line in just normal defense and, and expect great results right now. Yeah, and I think that's why teams are going to mobile quarterbacks because defensive linemen are built like bodybuilders now instead of beer drinkers. Right, you're seeing Aaron Donald with a six pack playing defensive tackle. You don't you don't see that very often, you know. Well, 35 years ago, these guys are super athletes now. So if you're not a mobile quarterback, you're going to struggle if you don't have a good old line, and we've seen that in Los Angeles. But a bunch of colleges also are are going to a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. You know, you you talk about the you know the, the spread type offenses, the pistol offenses and, and the run threat is is dual threat quarterbacks are being promoted and so you're going to see more and more in the nfl um probably to the point where maybe you have two of those quarterbacks just in case one does get hurt that the, the next uh, guy i mean look at look at baltimore they've got you know lamar and right behind them um you know, got rg3 so i mean you're going to see those concepts and commit to that type of offense and it doesn't mean that you know you're going to have uh, so a different type of quarterback backing up Lamar. One thing that I see with that though is eventually teams are going to figure it out at least to some degree. They're not going to stop him every time. And my concern for a guy like Lamar is as as much as he runs, he's also a ticking time bomb. Sooner or later, says the guy who is sitting here after ACL surgery. Someone's going to hit him there in that knee. It's just a matter of time. That And that would be my concern for Lamar Jackson's career overall, is that when you are playing that kind of game, we've seen it time and time again with quarterbacks over the years, it happens. RG3 comes to mind. And, geez, we saw Michael Vick suffer various injuries throughout his career. Never had the ACL, thank goodness. But they happen, especially with running quarterbacks. And if I'm Baltimore, I'm a little concerned down the line that this could be a problem. Well, I mean... Yeah, I think that goes all the way around. I mean, you step on the football field and you're you're, you're one hit away from injury. I don't care what type of what what you play, how you play, this is that. But yeah, if you're putting yourself in harm's way, guys. The, the guys that you know amaze me is that you know here's a number one round pick, Kyler uh, uh, Murray, over there in Arizona, and uh, you know he's what five nine, five ten. This little and you know, Aaron, Aaron Donald's throwing around like a ragdoll. I don't know. I mean. I guess the NFL's changing a little bit, but I just don't know how a guy like that's going to be able to hold up for, you know, 16 games and then another, you know, three or four to a Super Bowl. That was one of the concerns in the draft, and that's why some people passed on him. I, I, I want to make sure I get this question before I forget. Going back yep. earlier in the interview, you mentioned finding your identity, and we've been talking about this a lot in the show. What is your identity? How How is it there are 12 games into the regular season right now, and we're still asking the question, who are the Rams? Well, every every team evolves, and it's not just the Rams. I mean, you take the Seattle Seahawks. It was the Russell Wilson show, and basically that about it at the start of the season. But right now, you know, they've got you know Carson, they got Penny, they've got you know the receivers coming on. Um, so they're evolving, and every team that advances uh, at, all the way to the Super Bowl evolves. And I think the Rams are there. there you know, there was a point where you know what is Gurley, what is you know. And then, but the fact is, they really couldn't see what Gurley could do because you didn't have holes to run through. I don't care, you know, if your name was Brown or Henderson or Gurley. There wasn't much there to turn because the holes just weren't there. Um, and you know, I think that the front five has been an issue. And I think that while the last 
game or so, I think we're starting to get on our feet, but you're looking at the evolution of, you know, we need to move the pocket for Jared Goff. And the reason being, not just because he throws better on the move, they need to move it so those guys can't pin their ears back against some of those rookie linemen and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to get to point A before you can block us there. So they got to move the pocket. So that's the evolution of what McVeigh is doing to try to help out the offensive line. So, you know, you've seen some growth in that department. I think you've seen with young offensive linemen, one of the best things you can do is, is get some run blocking so they can tee off on the guy and use their athletic ability. I think you're seeing some of that. And so I think that's the resurgence of, you know, let's get Todd going. And I think that's going to be part of the price of admission. The playoffs is going to be through Gurley. Yeah, I think that in the offseason, a lot of us agreed that we hoped the Rams would preserve him early on in the season so that we didn't have a LaDainian Tomlinson situation every time the Chargers used to make the playoffs because they ran him into the ground all year because he was so amazing. That playoff time, he's on the bench with his helmet and his visor over not being able to contribute because his body just broke down, and that's what happened to Gurley a little bit last year. So they did. A lot of people all season long were frustrating. A lot of us talking on social media and and on television saying, "What's wrong with Gurley? What's wrong with Gurley?" There ain't nothing wrong with him, dude. They're doing what we thought or we hoped they would do with him, which is preserve him. You're paying him that much money. You need to use him when it counts. Obviously, now you know people are going to question. Well, because we didn't use Gurley early on, that's why we're seven and five, possibly. Okay, mm-hmm. possibly not. But at the end of the day, some of the stuff we've seen throughout this season, I'm actually happy about because if if we were if we did have a better record right now and we were we were out of the hunt and in it, so to speak, with four games to go, would Gurley be having issues again? And that's what well, we didn't I mean, want. So I, mean, I was go, happy to see him easily, preserved. I am too. I mean, we could easily have been eight and four if we make a kick. Exactly. We easily could we could easily nine and three if, if a couple other things went you know so I mean you could you could go down the whole list of things but you know it, it doesn't mean that hey we're one game out of the playoffs because of Gurley no that, that ain't it no that, it's a whole team thing and you mm-hmm. we talked about the early Derek that mm-hmm. everybody is involved with this win lose you know. Well, just the whole gamut I'm not going to take the Ravens game as that's Ram football because it just was an outlier. And I think every team has maybe had one um, throughout the year. I mean, team show, I mean, here's Washington, you know, the other day, you know, uh, beats Carolina and, you know, Ron Rivera loses his job today. You know I mean? It's, it's a tough damn thing. I think Quinn might have lost his job in Atlanta before Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera won't have to wait very long. He's a darn good coach. Absolutely. Help us figure a little more of this out here. Here at Rams Talk, we've been back and forth on Jared Goff overall. And what I mean is, mm-hmm. there's a, we do a lot of defending of him, but when we see something bad, we'll, we'll call it out. Like, what, like the second half of the Bengals game was atrocious. It's a great example, okay? And mm-hmm. what we're really trying to understand with him and his development, how much of his development has been marred by the struggles of the offensive line this year and then late last year, a little bit, and how much of it is something else? What, what can you give us a little more idea? What goes on with this young quarterback and developing? Because you were there. Well, I could, I could tell you, I was at the Super Bowl, and I watched the, the you know the defensive tackles just dominate our offensive line. And one of the reasons why we didn't bring back Sullivan 
And it was the fact that, you know, we weren't holding up in the middle and you got a pocket quarterback who doesn't have a lot of time. And, you, you know, you're blaming all on, oh, there's a Super Bowl performance. And he just did. Well, I could tell you the Super Bowl performance up front was horrid. And they, they paid for it. Now you ask any quarterback, and maybe maybe Lamar Jackson or Sean Watson or something, uh, Russell Wilson or or um, even Aaron Rodgers can do some different things. But you've got a system. You're asking Jared to run, and there's breakdowns left and right. Um, you want to? Who do you want to evaluate? Do you want to evaluate all eleven? Do you want to evaluate the system? Do you want to evaluate you know where we're getting beat? Um, you know you can have everything else run good and receivers run down the field, but if they don't catch the ball, it's still incomplete. You still want to, you know, complain. You got a bad connection there, Jim. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, hopefully you guys can hear me. All right. But you know, I, I just think that it's an 11 man game. I know Jared gets a lot of credit, but I think that there needs to be all the holes need to be short. Jim, you got a horrible connection. We can't hear you, bud. I can hear him. How about I, you want me I, to call you back? I can, if you disconnect, I can call you right back. Yeah, I can. I can hear you guys just fine. But if you can't hear me, I'll call you right back. There, okay. there you are. No, you're good now. But that whole conversation was completely gone when oh, I answered Derek's right. question. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I have it though. I'm not sure we were. Oh, you heard it? I yeah, I have it. It's recording for him. He. I think it may have been something on your end because I got the whole thing. Oh, I, I, it was completely cutting out. Wow. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, Tommy, pay, pay your damn phone bill, Tommy. Come on. Hey, man, I'm the fastest internet in the world, just so you know. For that reason alone, up and down. due to what Jim just said, I have to keep that in the uh, recording. <laughs> Telling yeah. you to pay your phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even on my phone. I'm on the internet. <laughs> okay. So, Jim, you were... You were pinpointing eleven man game, the responsibilities, and and how it's not just him in this situation though. And we we saw this in your career because you had a young offensive line at one point. You had all these veterans, and then you had these young, young guys come in. How did you, as mm-hmm. a quarterback, adjust to offensive line turnover and and them developing? And, and you're gonna and you facing more of a rush, especially post say 1989. Yeah, Derek, I can tell you I got my ass kicked. And I don't know two ways about it. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, but it was all I know is when I ended up going to New Orleans and playing for them, it was with Willie Rofe and Jim Dombrowski, and oh my gosh, it was night and day. Your offensive line, and, and, and there's, you know, I think Bill Parcells said it best. And one of the one of the disciples of Bill Parcells is Sean Payton, and he does this. You win with the bigs. There's no doubt. If you can't win with the bigs, you're not winning. And I, I'm, uh, that's living proof. And that's one of the things I think that we've gotten by with is having Whitworth at left tackle. But we've got a lot of turnover. And if you can't win, if you can't win the seven man battle in the trenches, it's it's. You know, it's tough, and I would agree with Bill Parcells. You got you got to have the bigs, and I know we give first round draft picks away to for defensive backs and for wide receivers and this and that. But you know, there's no there's no getting around the fact that if your front five aren't winning their battles, 
you're losing games. So it sounds a lot to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that in the Rams' offensive struggles right now, you really believe it starts with that front five, totally with them. Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't think every game this and that. Like again, I mean, the kickers need to make kicks, the throwers need to make better throws. I think Jared needs to make some better decisions. I think he does a pretty good job of throwing the ball away, but there's been a couple times when he's tried to force things. I think when you start feeling pressure. Um, I think you start envisioning more pressure, so I think that that's a whole confidence thing um, that goes. I think when you're expecting to get hit all the time, I think your confidence goes. I, 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 I could tell you that for, for a fact, but in general, the biggest problem that the Los Angeles Rams have and have had is both on their offense and defensive lines. Now, I'm just playing it just offense. I'm blaming defense, too, because there's not teams, can't let teams just gash you with the run and expect to win ball games on the defensive side, neither. Entering the Baltimore game, the Rams were fourth in the league against the run. And Baltimore gashes them for, I believe it was either 248 or 280, something like some crazy number, and really exposed <laughs> yeah. some of those issues that we've seen time to time, tackling, uh, pursuit angles, and really question marks we had on the defensive line. So I think you're on to something there. The defensive line this year, from my view, they banked a lot on guys who they were they were drafted in the sixth and seventh round for a reason. Sebastian Joseph mm-hmm. Day, those guys. But also, uh-huh. I look at it and think of Michael Brockers. And Michael Brockers, who was a first round pick, been a solid player for the Rams, but to me, he's always a little bit underperformed. How do you evaluate that defensive line right now? Well, I, I think that you know you you have other defensive lines around the league that you know the nose tackles are are infamous they've got pass rushers infamous i mean you just have to build up from within i mean derek i don't i can't you know i i think i'm not trying to you know say brockers is this or that or mm-hmm. uh greg Gaines is this or that but i don't think that you know you're having that dominant front besides aaron donald now you got one of the best in the game playing playing but people understand his style of play you know you look at what the ravens did is they ran right at aaron donald and they made sure they had two guys on them most all the game. And if they didn't, then they would they would they would trap them. They would do all sorts of things. So when he rushed upfield, they can just knock him out of the way and then run right behind them. I mean, they had a game plan that was very effective. That other other teams will anyway. Tommy. Poor Aaron always getting double teamed and triple teamed. <laughs> it's a hard business to be that great, right there, Jim. I wouldn't know. I mean, a few people on this planet would know Aaron Donald. Stuff, hey, have you have you watched him good. mic'd up? Have you watched him mic'd up? This is my favorite thing is when when he's mic'd up. I'm I'm recording that because when I get home and I get to watch that, it's one of my favorite things because he just antagonizes offensive linemen so bad throughout his career. Oh man, the Steelers game. He was telling the left tackle and the left guard. He's like, "You guys ain't it." He's like, you guys ain't it. You like, just go home. You ain't, you ain't it. You ain't got it. Go home. See, I all those people I think breathe. that everyone, from, all those people from Oakland talk stuff. You know, I mean, you talk about Marcus Peters and this and that. You know, those people, those 
those boys from Pittsburgh can talk a good game too, but he backs it up. That's for darn uh, sure. He does off the field. He's the most. He's like Clark Kent off the field. He's the most well mannered young man, very soft spoken, and he puts that helmet on, man, and that ch- that Superman s comes out, and he just mouths off. You, I never thought he was a talker on the field because he was so quiet in interviews and at the podium and stuff like that. But when I when I first saw him mic'd up against Detroit in St. Louis, the last Sunday home game. There, I was actually at that game, and mm-hmm. I recorded it. Came back to Los Angeles and and watched it, and then I watched the mic'd up series. And he was mic'd up that game, and they were holding him so much they actually ripped his jersey. And he went up to the ref, and he's like, "Evidence, evidence, pay attention, <laughs> pay attention, do your job, do your job." <laughs> like, <laughs> it was well, that's so good. A, that's one of the that's one of the things about you know I talk to parents. I've coached football for years is that, you know, boys in our society sometimes, you know, get a rap, but when they they have a chance to put on shoulder pads, a helmet, and just, you know, take any, any their frustrations out on the field and it's all legal, I mean, let the boys play. And that's, you know, Aaron's like taking it to the the top degree, you know, where here, like you said, he can be, you know, very studious, he's a smart man, he's a calm man, but man, you, you walk off of that through the lines, and he's a he's a, a, an animal, and it's like, let him play, man, just let him play. Yeah, he's next level for sure. I want to come back a moment to this season now, and before we started really recording, you mentioned some parallels between 1989 and now, like for example, both teams have been a, were a little streaky the 19 the current team and then the Rams at the end of the year in 1989 they they had to win out they did got in the playoffs mm-hmm. and made their run all the way to the championship game the Rams are in the same position now and they have Seattle San Francisco the Cardinals again and Dallas what given the fact that at least two of these teams are among the league's elite and one of them could be in in Dallas what do you believe the Rams are capable of going down this stretch run and what do they need to do to finally become the team we thought they would be this year? That's a good question because it's going to be one heck of a run, but it's something that they have to do. I mean, they have to be eleven and five, eleven and five, just to you know have a chance to sniff at it. And, and then, like I said earlier, Derek, if they if they can't beat San Francisco or Seattle, and, I mean, and the, and the, the Cowboys in Arizona again, then they have no business in the playoffs. What exactly do they need to do? They need to keep building on what they did last week. And that means, you know, doing the type of offense where it's a little bit more guesswork. Um, you know, the third down and long bubble screens probably already been seen by everybody. But, you know, the, <laughs> it's like they're going to have to evolve. <laughs> <continue> to evolve. <laughs> just, you know, dude, I'm I'm telling you, when they threw that, I, yeah, when they threw that, I laughed. I was watching the game on TV. And I was, oh, are you kidding me right now? They go nowhere. <laughs> I couldn't help myself, man. But being a defender, I was like, ah, get that out of here, man. That noise ain't going to work. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, how Robert Woods can catch, you know, one, one, one yard balls and, and turn it into 150 yards, you know, passing is, is beyond me. But, you know, it's good to have him back. That's for darn sure. But I think there's going to have to be, continue to be. One of the things we talked about earlier was, which was Jared Goff. And I think one of the things we'll see in our lifetime is Coach McVay giving Jared Goff a little bit more responsibility. 
and Boom. singing out of his ear all the way up to 15 wow. seconds. I think that probably is a good thing for a young, young quarterback, but Jared's getting to a point where I think this offense needs to be evolved about, Jared, put us in the right play when you see the right defense. And I don't think that he has that leeway right now. Hopefully, and maybe it's going to take the Rams not being in the playoffs for Coach McVay to understand that Jared can handle those things and needs those things. Wow, it's crazy you're saying that because Mike and I talked about that in the postgame show on tonight. Tommy and I have been talking about that for about two weeks, wondering what's going on because at some point you've got to do this, and you just nail it right there. We've been talking well, about I, that. You, you have a quarterback that understands. I understand you got a first, second, third-year quarterback. You're going to limit that stuff, but you've got to have a way to – defensive coordinators are too smart. They really are. Your team and, and, and the stuff needs to change. I mean, if you look at one of the things Bilicek has been so good at was his defense can morph. His defense morphs against all sorts of different offenses, and you don't know what you're going to be facing against them. As a matter of fact, you know, they morphed into that 6-1 set quarters defense for us in the Super Bowl. That wasn't something seen. That's something. That's the same types of things that are going to have to morph on our offense, depending on who we're playing, if we want to be, you know, holding, you know, a championship trophy. I can look at my career, and we were kind of, you know, kind of set in what we did. It was good while it was new, but as it went over time, people understand what you're trying to get done, and you have to morph. You're playing chess out there. They're all playing chess. It is chess. And if you do, you know, I've always told people that if you don't, you know, people outside that have never played it or don't really watch it as a fan, when they see it, they see it as this barbaric sport, right? But that's just part of it. It is literally playing chess. And if you don't have your head screwed on straight or a high IQ, man, you're going to struggle. <laughs> I think in high school at that level, I think you can out-personnel people. I think there's some teams, even at the college level, either Alabama's types or Clemson, that can do certain things. But if you're a team that can that has a cerebral capacity to be able to do certain things and change things up, and uh, which I know in high school is tough because of the amount of practice time, but on the you know the college and pro level. Um, I think it's a must. Otherwise, you're just walking into being too pre-planned and too predictable. And that's the unpredictability part is what wins games. One of the things I thought I admired last night about I saw Pete Carroll last night on a fourth and two, and they had their fake punt, which I think helped them win that football game. And that was unpredictable. That was so cool. That was was such a cool play, man. I loved it. You know, I love that it worked, but the fact is you've got to have those things up. And I think that you're going to see the Rams, they've got nothing to lose over the next four games. I mean, you're going to have to see all, everything just laid out, whatever it might be. It might be a you know, double reverse pass along with some of the different things that we're seeing up, uh, up front um, that could be different. I think you saw some of the things few weeks back where they did, they went away from the zone run scheme and started going to you know more of a power blocking scheme which i thought was fabulous to see and considering where they are now and considering how they performed on sunday night can you help us really quantify that win on Sunday? because there's going to be the narrative from some that it's one of the worst teams in the league it's horrible 
the Rams don't deserve much credit here. But then on the other side, there's the idea that the Rams play a darn near perfect game in a lot of ways. So where do you where do you really give credit for this win? And is there is it possibly a step forward now that these guys are finally figuring it out? Derek, that's the sixty four thousand dollar question right there. I think I think we're just gonna have to live each week, you know, and and the the fact is that they have to put themselves in a position. I mean, if I'm giving advice to Jared Goff, you know, I'm telling him just concentrate on his job, move the chains, get a first down, get a points on the board. You know, the other team may come back and score. I mean, you just got to be able to be in a position um, to put yourself in a, in a position to win. And whatever whatever that is, um, I think it's going to take a little bit more risk play calling by McVay. Maybe, maybe stuff that's a little bit outside his comfort zone, but all those types of things, if done, could could say, "Hey, we're a more well-rounded team now that we're in the playoffs," because people won't know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean I if you go 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 back, Jim, to the Super Bowl, uh, the Eagles recently played the Patriots. I don't think the Eagles win that game, and I think the Patriots go three straight if Doug Peterson doesn't throw some shit against the wall and hope it sticks, excuse my French, but he was calling yeah. some play, plays that were wild, right? How about the Philly special? Let's exactly. Philly special. Exactly. I don't, because that game was close. So if they don't pull off those wild plays and, and have the guts to go for them, they don't win that game. So uh, I was all in for that one. When, when you get that far to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, it's time to just unleash the fury, in my opinion. And I liked watching that. And I was hoping we would have got some of that from our team, and we did not, unfortunately. I, I don't think we've seen a lot of that even up to this part of the season. I think you've seen a lot of maintenance stuff, either main, <laughs> load maintenance with Gurley or maintenance stuff, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with this offensive line. But at some point in time, you're going to say, you know what? we got to trust what we got. we got to, you know... We've got to bring out some of the trickery. We've got to bring out some of the alter, uh, alternative offensive things. And you know what? If the, if we win our next four games and we have that on film, well, that means that the playoff teams that we're going to be playing will have seen it, but we have to evolve from that. I mean, it's, it's a season within a season, this next four games. All right. So last question. Last question. And I want to end it on a light note, okay? Yeah. Jim, how do you – make your thanksgiving turkey well i i actually didn't make it this year i actually bought it since i was out traveling but it was maybe one of the best turkeys i've ever had but when i make (laughs) when i make i'll admit to it when when i make it i put it in a bag i have one of the oven and and i bake it for about whatever three three and a half hours usually 15 18 pounds and uh you know my secret is I put an 18 ounce can of Coors Light, pop, put put a couple nail holes in the top of it, so it can breathe, and just let it just just be in that moist Coors Light, and it's the juiciest turkey on the planet. That's my key. You said moist Coors Light. I put a, an 18 ounce can of Coors Light. I leave the top on it. I just poke holes in the top of it and then place it in the cavity of the turkey. This is What's genius. This is it's like genius. A steam effect. Yeah, it's pretty sharp. That's pretty sharp. Right there. I've been cooking since I was seven years old, and I've never done that before. 
<laughs> just make sure you put some holes in the can, because otherwise that damn thing will blow up on you. So, <laughs> sure there's plenty of holes in it. That's all my only advice. But it, it just, it's because it's in that bag and it's it's, it's coming from all this moisture. It's it just it's good. Yeah, I do one fried and one baked, but next year I'm going the smoked route because my buddy smokes turkeys, and I'm telling you, they when he cuts it, I mean, it pours, the juice pours out like a waterfall, and it just melts in your mouth. I've never had anything like it, so I'm going that route next year. We're going smoked turkeys, moving on. Uh, Derek, what are you doing? Oh, geez. Well, considering the fact that this year for Turkey Day, this is what I did. Uh, turkey. Um, I I can't remember. I would say in in the past, what I've usually done is actually you met you mentioned Coors Light. I've used I've used Seven Up like you would for a ham to soak that baby sure. up, and that's what's worked for us. But I want to try the Coors Light now, quite frankly. Hey, well, yeah, just for your viewers to know, I mean, you had that knee surgery, bro, so I understand that you were a little out of commission during Turkey <laughs> Day, so. You know, you might not have feel, been feeling the love for the turkey when you're on those meds, so I get it. So, oh, I, mean, you, you, I don't remember that last week. It was like a big blur, which is good because I don't remember <laughs> the Baltimore game at all, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, you need to I was there, and I don't want to remember it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, can I start drinking now? It's only first quarter, but this is going to be a long game. Long yeah, before we go, I want to share something about that game. So about a quarter and a half, almost close to halftime that game, you know, it's third down, and I'm sitting in my chair, sipping my beer, and Angel and Paul look over me, you're going to get up and cheer, Mom. Nah, the team doesn't want to play. I don't want to play either. <laughs> and I just stayed in my chair. I was so pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not getting up and losing my voice if they're not interested in being here either. They don't want to go to work today. I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> I just sat back down. Oh, well, man. Well, it'll be a, it'll be a funny thing. I think that's something for us all to watch, to, to watch what the teams are going to be doing against Baltimore, because I think that's going to be the story of 2019. Who can figure out that? Uh, well, that the, Niners, the Niners did a pretty decent job this weekend, man. They held them to 20 points, and, and they, made it, they made it rough for them. I know the field was a little rough, but those two teams are smash mouth anyway. So it was impressive to see what San Francisco did against that offense. You know, it's funny to see. I saw a statistic talk about Smash Mouth. The teams that are able to run the ball this year are the teams' women. Uh, that is true. Kind of a, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You, you talk about all these sophisticated passes and this, and the, the, the team that can Smash Mouth that's, that are putting up the wins. And that's been a problem for the Rams this year overall. We've talked about, you know, it's a, I, I hate when someone says the Rams aren't physical. That's a bunch of BS. If you're out there playing the game you're physical but they get out muscled a lot in very key situations especially and mm-hmm. i would like to really see an evolution in that respect heading the ni- next season it's, it's, it's probably too late to fix it now but it's the physicality of the game the, the women squat in the field and shove with every piece of strength into somebody you knock them out of the way open holes so you're running back i just think that's a, you know it's the thing about the game that will never change. If you can, if you can, <laughs> if you can lay somebody out offensively, you're going to win football. You're going to win. It, it does help. It does help. You know, put them on their heels, and that's that's been that's been football 101 since you know day one. So you know, I think that has has to happen. As far as like I said, one of the keys for us for the next four games is is you know riding the back of Gurley. 
So you better have some holes for him to go through because he can't just run through people all the time. All right. Well, Jim, thanks so much. I was expecting about a half hour, and you've been with us much longer for that. So thanks so much for taking time with us. It was a great conversation. And we've, you and I have had a couple. This is one of my favorite ones. So that's, that's good. We're talking about Coors Light and turkeys. We're good to go. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Derek, didn't you hear your invite to come to Tommy's uh, smoke turkey party next year? So I'm in. You in? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you guys are. You guys are invited. Goes without saying, boys. You want some well, good food? You come see me. I mean, apparently, right, I'm going to hold Tommy to the Tommy promised me to to make sure I get to go in to to, uh, to SoFi next year for a game. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I have three seats, and my son is only one, and so he technically is free. So you can sit in his seat, and my son will sit on my lap. Uh, Tommy, you're you're great, man. That's 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 fantastic. Well, we'll see there. I know uh, this year, I know I'm going to be at that last uh, Arizona game. They're going to be honoring Dennis Hara. I told him I'd be over there for that. But boy, this Sunday is going to be one heck of a ball game, and you know, we get that win against Seattle. I think that'll 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 brighten up a few lives and. So, but it's, it's going to be a big challenge. Do you want to make yes, a call sir. on that before you go? Do you want to make a prediction? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, do you want to make a prediction before you hit the road here? Ah, predictions are, are silly. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to. I never do either. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> That's why I asked yeah. if you want to. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, I think it'll just be one heck of a ball game. But then again, I thought the Baltimore uh, Rams game was going to be you know pretty much showcase, and it didn't turn out that way. So, you know, I don't know if you can see things coming or, you know, I'd love to see the Rams win by a ton. Um, and, you know, the Seattle have a, one of the off games, and they're due to have one. I mean, Russell's been – he's been winning so many close games. He's, he's due to have a, a time when things don't go his way all the time. Well, he's admitted Aaron Donald is his kryptonite, so. Right. Hopefully we <laughs> see Superman win away. <laughs> okay, so Jim, right, guys, folks. Thanks for having me on. Well, I was going to ask if you want to folks know where to find you on social media. Oh, I just find me on Twitter. I'll be posting something silly as usual. <laughs> I'm working on my Santa outfit right now. It'll, it'll oh. be up fresh. So go on Twitter and follow Jim underscore Everett, and you'll uh, you'll see some craziness. Thanks so much for taking the time tonight. We really appreciate you, and and uh, have a great one. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Be good, going, Jim. See you, Tom. See you, Derek. Thanks. See you, man. Jim is radio gold. Every time. <laughs> Dude, I just want to know what it sounded like on the other end when my connection was completely garbled and I thought it was – because he's on a cell phone. We're on the internet, right? I'm broadcasting mm-hmm. – you know, a gig Wi-Fi in my house. I'm right next to one of my nodes. Like, dude, I work in telecommunications. This is what I do for a living. Nobody's home internet is faster than mine. Nobody. Uh, maybe somebody else in my industry that works in or lives in Los Angeles where we have the the fastest internet in the country. Um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Because <laughs> I, I, I build cell phone towers for a living. I design them. I know how they work. So I assumed it was his connection. But no, apparently it was... My choppy, uh, I think it was my USB connection that connects to my laptop for my microphone and headphones sometimes. So I unplugged it and plugged it back in and it cleared up. And it happened a couple more times while we were interviewing Jim and I had to reset it a couple of times with me and my mic. But how funny yeah, but you that? know, <laughs> you know, I'm not taking that. I'm leaving all this in. Even this right can now, you I'm hear, it in. Can you hear me? Okay, so can you hear me? Telling Jimmy has a bad connection while he's talking. Yeah, and if ah, every, did he say anything? He just is like I couldn't hear him. He, so he I was don't saying, know. Well, he's saying, well, can you hear me now?" Can I, and I'm sitting there going, and I said, "Tommy, 
I got him. I, I'm recording. He's fine. And you, <laughs> oh, and I couldn't hear you either. <laughs> That's so good. So you know, this is, we usually, folks, oh, we I we usually it. will take out the outtakes. Son of a bitch. But this is one we got to keep in there, man. <laughs> so, folks, let's go ahead and close out the show. If you're looking out for, um, well, let's do a couple things here because we 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 wanted to have the straight interview all the way through. So, first, check out our sponsor over there at my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you can t- choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Best of all, if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you were to deposit $2,000, you can get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you're looking a little low stakes, put $100, they'll give you $50. You'll be good to go with some free money. Just use the promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to activate this offer. Once again, that's promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, and also one more, just because we want these folks, because uh, Jim, especially Jim Hawk, pays for you know, his time here, and he's done great things for us. Just check out Jim Hawk and his book, Hollywood's Team. All right, so our sponsor. I cannot continue without shouting out Jim Hawk, his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. This book tells the story of the 1950s Rams, the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for, an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You're going to read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also both on hardback, electronic form, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Folks, it's also available this Friday in paperback. So if you're one of the, the people who must have the paperback instead of the online, you want to be different, it's there. It's available in various different booksellers on the Internet. It's for a great cause, homeboy industries. Just trust and check it out. Always seeing great glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. All right. So, folks, with all that in mind, talking about sponsors, one last thing here. We are looking for sponsors. So, if you are interested for the offseason or for next season, help us out. Reach out to us at ramshot1945gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 657-665-453. We can get ready to get out to you. Oh, and don't forget, we're part of the Big Heads Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Tommy at Ram Tommy in LA when he's online. Sometimes he decides to disappear like he's been raptured or something. Or don't forget to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all those places. And for Tommy and the entire Rams Talk staff, this is Derek C. Paul saying take it easy.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.